Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, shocking new claims about the drama between Prince Charles and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan. Plus, Sandra Bullock gets candid about her experience as a white mom of black children. And four years after his ouster, what's going on with Matt Lauer? It's November 30th. Hi, folks. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Tuesday. I am so busy this week, you guys, between work commitments, family stuff, and friends in town. So send me some good multitasking vibes, will you? Well, speaking of that, I have a lot of interesting headlines to juggle today, too. First off, Rihanna's homeland of Barbados is officially doing its own thing. After 400 years, Barbados has ceased allegiance to Queen Elizabeth and the British monarchy and is now its own republic. This comes 55 years after Barbados declared independence from Britain. So there was a big ceremony that kicked off Monday night in a spot called National Heroes Square and Prince Charles, who has some other stuff going on that we'll get into a little later, was in attendance. He looked on as 72-year-old Dame Sandra Mason was sworn in as Barbados's new president. And of course, our girl Riri turned out in style as well. And she too was honored. Prime Minister Mia Motley named the pop star a national hero and said, may you continue to shine like a diamond. (laughs) Perfectly put. Well, a world away from that news, I want to talk about Bradley Cooper's wild new revelation. On the latest episode of Armchair Expert, hosted by Dax Shepard, Cooper said back in 2019, he was riding on the subway and going to pick up his daughter Leah from Russian school downtown when he was held at knife point by someone he thought wanted a photo. I look up, I see the person's eyes and I'm, I'm like taken by how young they are. And I go like that, knocked Lifted your elbow. Up and just started booking. Jumped over the turnstile, hit around the white tiled uh, foyer entrance to the subway, took my phone out. Okay. He jumped over, running away, up, and I took a photo of him. I'm just happy he's okay. He also said, though, he was okay after the massive backlash he got from being named People's Sexiest Man Alive in 2011. And I remember this because people actually came to our offices, you guys, and picketed because it wasn't Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Ryan had a whole fan base that year that was very angry. But Cooper was surprised himself that he landed the title. He said he actually thought Dax Shepard was pranking him before realizing he was really our guy that year. And a decade later, he's still not believing his heartthrob status. He told Shepard, at this point, I'm going to be 47. I think that ship has sailed. (laughs) Well, I'm sure some people would not agree. All right, now it's time to dig in. Did you know it's been four years since Matt Lauer was fired from the Today Show? Four years from yesterday, November 29th, 
2017, NBC revealed that the former anchor was fired due to a complaint of inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace. And recently, there have been headlines speculating about where he's at now. I'm finding this topic fascinating, and that's why I've asked our resident, in the best way possible, (laughs) know-it-all, to join the conversation. People Managing Editor Charlotte Triggs. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Janine. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I, I kind of want to talk about the then and now. So let's recap his success, what he lost in his downfall, and what sources are telling us about him now. Yeah, like starting back, flashback to 2017. I mean, it's like, you know, Matt Lauer was just the biggest deal ever. He was this iconic news anchor. He'd been sort of like the lead anchor of the Today Show for years and had a lot of influence there. But he, you know, was obviously functioning at a much higher level, higher pay grade than most people, right? He was oh, yeah. earning a reported, I think it was about, I think it was about $30 million a year. How paid he was. Yes. Yeah. He was making bank and he was making that much money for years and years and years. So then when he was abruptly and, uh, you know, abruptly fired and and kind of booted out, it was, you know, it was truly shocking. People at the show who worked there were, were absolutely flabbergasted and shocked. And then the fallout continued for quite a while because as it turned out, like, it was more than a year later that um, the woman who was the source of this uh, came forward. Her name is Brooke Neville. She was a producer at the show, came forward mm-hmm. and described what had happened in some more detail to Ronan Farrow. And it was truly, you know, truly upsetting um, stuff about how she had basically been too drunk to consent and told him no as he basically, he, in her you know, words anally raped her at Sochi while they were covering the Olympics. So truly, truly horrifying. Yeah. And this, I mean, it's, this was in peak, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Me Too movement, you know, era. So it it just kind of put a spotlight on that as well. Like in every single sector, you saw men with a lot of power and a lot of money uh, just behaving horribly. Um, But tell me, I want to follow the money a little bit Mm -hmm. because I know we have some sources saying like, what's going on with that now? Because a lot was made of, his paychecks and and all of that. So so is he is he broke? No, I certainly no 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 not at all. I mean, this guy's got so many properties and so many things to sell off before anybody could ever believe that he's broke. However, he does not have this waterfall of income that he once had. A lot of his investments are in real estate. There's a huge horse farm in the Hamptons. There's um, another compound in the Hamptons. There's a giant apartment. Um, there's a sheep farm in New Zealand. Not broke. Not not broke, but also <laughs> imagine what the uh, property taxes are on that many properties. And a lifestyle that fabulous certainly costs a lot. And then just personally, do we know anything about, you know, his relationships, friendships? I mean, so he, you know, according to a source, he has definitely lost a lot of friends. I mean, some of that is very obvious. But um, as more and more details came to light that really shocked people, that kind Mm. of fell off very naturally. Some of the people who were much closer with him, you know, he kind of has been keeping to himself, not answering people, not really engaging people. Um, He is dating a woman um, named Shamin Abbas. She's a publicist for luxury brands and stuff like that. So he's, you know, quietly dating. He really, really keeps it low key out in the Hamptons. He spends most of his time out in the Hamptons. And Mm. uh, with his children, he's got three children, but he's definitely not out and about in any kind of hugely public way. So 
Charlotte, it's been four years, though, like we said. Um, did the source say anything about his mental state? I mean, I know from sources over over time, not just now, but like, you know, in previous years and stuff like that, that he was really burned up about this. He didn't feel like he had done anything wrong. He really stood by his his line that it was consensual. And you remember the crazy statement that he put out defending himself and saying all the types of mm-hmm. sex that they had had and that it was consensual and all of this. According to a source, he really feels like he still feels like he got railroaded and that it was not fair that this might have been a byproduct of the cultural shifts that were happening, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And really doesn't see what was wrong with it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Charlotte, for filling us in, for filling me in. Because like I said, I was just like, what? Yes, what is going on there? Um, but before I let you go, I want to talk about one more story that caught my eye. Uh, Sandra Bullock went on Red Table Talk and opened up about motherhood. And in a clip for the episode airing tomorrow, she mentioned that she sometimes wishes she had the same skin color as her kids, uh, Louis and Layla, so who she adopted in 2010 and 2015, respectively. Um, Before we dive in here, let's take a listen to what she said exactly. To say that I wish our skins matched, sometimes I do. Yeah, Because then it would be easier on how people approach us. Yeah. And I have the same feelings as a woman with brown skin, being her babies, or a white woman with, you know, white babies. It's the mother-child. Dynamic, dynamic, dynamic yeah. relationship. We don't have to mm-hmm. put a color on. Then maybe mother. one day that will go away. Maybe yeah. one day we will be able to see with different eyes. Hmm. Charlotte, what do you make of this? It's interesting. I mean, I guess I totally understand that, right? It's like you know, she's adopting a baby. She loves the baby. It's their. It's her children now. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing, no extra layer to it. And I suppose it must get really fatiguing to have people, you know, asking questions that they wouldn't ask. If it were her biological child, they wouldn't be asking questions like, oh, well, you know what I mean? I don't even know. God only knows what what people must say to her, but clearly it's rude. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got to give the Pinkett family, like them, like credit for just having these kind of really interesting yeah. discussions with people. Absolutely. Because I do think it was an honest answer from her. Oh, you don't usually hear people being this honest. Not stars. Not 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 celebrities. Yes. On the one hand, I completely agree. Like, as a mom, like, you do want to have the easiest way possible of, of, of parenting and not having to deal with the looks. I get it even with my son, Reese. He's he fairer skin. And, you know, sometimes it's like, is that her son? Is that not her son? And that's no fun. But at at the same time, as a black woman, I have to say it is a little bit of an eye roll to hear, you know, a, a white woman saying like, oh, I wish, you know, I had brown skin or I wish, you know, or definitely vice versa. I wish my, my kids were white, which I don't think she is saying that at all. It's just that kind of ease of functioning as a parent that she's hoping for. But I, I could see some people taking it as like, you know, come on. It's so interesting. I mean, you remember um, when Angelina first had, when she was raising Zahara, there was like a story that w- it was kind of a big deal at the time where she asked people for help, like how to do Zahara's hair because she like didn't know how to do it. And everybody kind of like yes. rushed in to like give her advice and stuff like that. But there's so many complex issues that arise when you're talking about white parents, black children. I actually remember fact checking early in my career a story about this girl who'd been at the center of an adoption case like in the 80s who, where um, she was black and she'd been adopted by a white family. And then mm-hmm. the agency decided that she shouldn't be being raised by white people. At the time, they preferred her to be placed with the black family. Oh, and wow. it was this whole landmark case in the 80s, actually. But it's like, you know, just how much stuff has 
evolved culturally, but that doesn't mean that the difficulties of talking about it have gone away. I mean, I guess the great thing is that we are talking about it now and this stuff isn't happening, you know, in silos and and you are able to spread that. I think of This Is Us and how deep they've gone into the topic of just, you know, interracial families and and, and parenting and all that. And I think we're only growing from it. So I I hope that is how all of this lands as well. I gotta say, Jada Pinkett Smith is an amazing interviewer. She does great. She goes there. Great, great show. (laughs) She really does. (laughs) She goes there. Uh, Charlotte, thank you so much. Thanks, Janine. Next up, People Royal expert Aaron Hill breaks down the latest shocker coming out of the royal family involving that alleged comment about the skin color of Harry and Meghan's future children. Stay tuned. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Guys, I am back now to talk about this next topic, which has everyone buzzing. There is a new book out on the royals, everyone's favorite subject these days. And Christopher Anderson, a man who's covered the British royal family for years, has published Brothers and Wives, Inside the Private Lives of William, Kate, Harry, and Meghan, which is out today. In the wake of its release, though, there have been some shocking headlines. This book alleges that it was Prince Charles who speculated about the complexion of Meghan and Harry's future children. Wow. Like, remember when that tidbit of information came out? It was in Meghan's bombshell interview with Oprah. Of course, at the time, Meghan didn't tell us who said it. I just remember Oprah being stunned, speechless, that a comment like that was even made. And also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And... Who... Who is having that conversation? Wow. Everyone was so shocked back in March when this interview came out. And, you know, these new allegations are really just bringing it back to the forefront. So joining me now is People's Senior News Editor, Aaron Hill. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Janine. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. I mean, you've been covering this new book release, the allegation that it was Prince Charles who commented on the skin color of Meghan and Harry's future children is a huge deal, of course. So can you walk us through exactly what was said in the exchange? Yeah, so this is something that's been speculated since Meghan and Harry revealed this information months ago. So now we're finally learning a little more um, insight into this. So a source close to the royal family claims in the book that Charles made the comment during a conversation over breakfast with Camilla on the day, actually, of Harry and Meghan's engagement announcement back in November 2017. And Charles supposedly mused to Camilla I wonder what the children will look like. And Camilla was said to be taken aback somewhat by the question and said, well, of course, the children are going to be absolutely gorgeous. And Charles allegedly lowered his voice and then said, no, I mean, what do you suppose the children's complexion might be? And so that's kind of, you know, Mm, what what everyone's talking about now. Oh, wow. So over a breakfast meal with his wife. That, right. Wow. Okay. So so in an interview on the Today Show, author Christopher Anderson elaborated on his claim. So can you tell us the angle he's taking here with the book? 
Yes, you know, what he's saying is that Charles's comments were benign and were actually twisted by palace courtiers, um, who we call the men in gray. They're, they're the people who kind of run the palace organization on behalf of the royals. And so he says himself, you know, he's a grandfather. Of course, we all do this. We speculate on what our children, you know, our grandchildren are going to look like. And he says, you know, here's this beautiful biracial American woman and the world's most famous redhead. And so naturally he's speculating on what, you know, their future children will look like. And it was then turned into something very toxic and weaponized by these palace courtiers who people may not realize that um, the offices are in somewhat competition with each other. Charles's office, the queen, and they compete in terms of, you know, when they go on outings or they have messages they want to get out or any of their royal work. They kind of compete for time, compete for press. Um, so it's it's not the royals themselves competing. It's the people running their offices. So by the time this got to Harry, it was twisted to be more toxic, allegedly, by this book. And that's the way he took it. And, and Meghan took it as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, can, I can see that happening. But also just in you know, everything, the history of the family and just different issues that have been brought up in the past. I can see how getting that, receiving that on the other end of the telephone could be, you know, caught up in all of that connotation. And and Absolutely. That's not to dismiss any, you know, um, feelings of racism that Mary, Megan experiences with the, within the family, within the organization. And maybe, maybe that those conversations did evolve um, in the months leading up to them hearing about it and Archie being born. And maybe there were more instances of more um, complicated conversations being had. But this one conversation that the author is talking about um, said to be innocently grandfather to be talking about prospects of his kids, but um, we do know there's such complex relationships between yeah. families, and um, obviously things are not in a good place between between them right now, so it could have been, um, you know, different conversations could have been had after it, but as of right now, Charles's office of Clarence House is denying these reports and these claims in this book and calling it fiction, saying it's not worth further comment. So that breakfast conversation didn't even happen, according to him? According to them, it, it didn't... According to his office, according to Charles, it didn't happen. But according to these, you know, sources in the book, it, it was a conversation that happened. It was overheard by by staff and then relayed to Harry and Meghan, who then, uh, you know, obviously took a great offense to it. And at the time, Meghan said it would be too damaging to reveal who said it, um, alluding to it being a very senior royal. And this, you don't really get much more senior than the future heir to the throne and Charles. They did say at the time that, they wanted to make it clear it wasn't the Queen or Philip, Prince Philip, who said it. Um, but if we're we're going by this book and these royal sources, it seems to be this is the the origin of that story. That was People's Senior News Editor Aaron Hill on the shocking allegations that Prince Charles inquired about the complexion of Harry and Meghan's children. For more on this story, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. Every year on the Tuesday following Black Friday and Cyber Monday, folks celebrate Giving Tuesday in a global effort to give back to those in need. The tradition began in 2012, and last year almost $2.5 billion were donated to nonprofits in the United States. There are several ways you can do your part from donating a monetary gift or getting hands-on by volunteering. Here's what military wife Jessica told The Kelly Clarkson Show on ways you can spread good deeds this time of year. Surprise your neighbor with flour. We like to deliver goodies to first responders. And, you know, one thing we can all give is 
kindness. So do your part today and always. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow. 